0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
1: BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, August 11th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. Once again, I am Spencer Linton, and that, my friends, is a man who is also known as a yearbook photo correspondent, Jerem Jordan.
2: So, Jamal Williams uh, took his headshot at some point previous to yesterday. It was posted online, and it is awesome. For the radio audience, you're going to have to go to social media and check it out. He just pure joy. Just Jamal Williams with the Detroit Light, just pure joy. So, I thought that it'd be fun, and we as a, a show thought it'd be fun if and it's our question challenge of the day. Uh, send in your best Jamal Williams headshot face. So let's try and reenact this ourselves. Okay. I'll go first. This is going to be great radio here for a second. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. here, here's, my, here's my Jamal Williams.
1: You're going to attempt um, a J-swag daddy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your turn. Okay. The mouth has to be open a little bit.
2: Nice. Again, that's great radio. It's just amazing radio. <laughs> For the TV audience, you can see it, but you uh, look at that it guy.
1: Up. It you look at that guy, and it creates joy. It ha, not many people can do that, but you take yes. one glance at him and you feel joy.
2: Yes, he, I love he's that. Just about a fun him. dude, right? Yes, so awesome.
1: Okay, our challenge of the day: send in your best Jamal Williams selfie replication, yearbook photo, whatever you want to call it. I love it.
2: Now, now listen we we've had some. They're mostly children. Uh, we would like adults as well <laughs> to weigh in here. Give us your best impersonation. Let's go. Come on. Channel your
1: inner juvenile hijinks. It's
2: like most. Something we do on a daily basis. It's mostly uh, kids. Granted, they look very cute. Don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, we want some adults. Let's go. All
1: right. Along with uh, the selfies that are incoming, here is the rest of today's show lineup. Something that I certainly didn't smile about yesterday. Nice sure, shirt, sure. by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I Is longtime National Sports Talk host Colin Cowherd right in his critical analysis of former BYU quarterback Zach Wilson?
2: I wonder what we're going to say.
1: Well, I feel like we are (laughs) justified in how we feel. The elite Mitch Matthews will size up the race to replace Zach Wilson at BYU quarterback and tell us. What did you just say? Who the hail mary target should be for the Cougars this season? Got
2: to ID that guy before the season. Although
1: in 2015, BYU had two plus. Our 10-10 continues, the top 10 pass catchers that BYU's defense will face in 2021. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Well, okay, Camp Practice 6 is today. The NCAA changed its rule earlier
2: this year regarding the acclimation period. It in, it's increased from five practices to seven meaningful pads could be used tomorrow. So I was inaccurate and uninformed yesterday. I am now informed. Earlier this week, Head Coach Kalani Sitake said the Cougars are working on developing depth.
0: You know, we feel like we have more than 11 starters on each side of the ball. And, uh, if we can get 123 of them, that'd be great. But right now, um, we're trying to get as many as possible and, and seeing uh, what type of packages and personnel groups we can put together.
2: There's media availability today, so follow BYUSN, uh, BYU TV Sports on social media for post-practice interviews and highlights.
0: Kirsten
1: Fotu of BYU Women's Golf wins the 2021 Siegfried and Jensen Utah Women's Open Championship with a two-day total score of seven under par, taking a one-stroke victory. Congratulations.
2: It's awesome. 15th ranked women's soccer team plays its blue and white scrimmage uh, last night. The blue team defeated the white team. Goals were scored by Olivia Wade, Brecken Mozingo, and Abby Cotter. Cougars host Weber State in an exhibition, Saturday night, 9 Eastern, on BYU TV in the app. The first game broadcast of the season.
1: Number 15 team in the country. Let's go. Yoli Childs and the Los Angeles Lakers Summer League team face the New York Knickerbockers, tonight in Las Vegas at 8 p.m. Mountain. Do they still call them the Knickerbockers? Is that a thing, or has that entirely gone away? I don't away? know.
2: I, that's a good question. Let's ask Zach Wilson. He lives okay. in the yeah. area. He, yeah. he knows
1: the New York area now a little yeah. bit.
2: He's an Islanders fan. We
1: know that. <laughs> He's chugging water at Islanders games.
2: <laughs> yes, he is, unlike Johnny Manziel. <laughs> We're on that in a moment. Cougars in the Miners in A Jackson Club had a hit for the Harrisburg Senators in a 6-5 loss to the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. In AAA, Colton Shaver went one for four with the Solo Dinger with the uh, Sugarland Skeeters. And an 8-7 loss to the Round Rock Express.
1: From BYU men's golf, David Timmons currently tied for 117th, 6 over par at the United States Amateur Championship. Timmons tees off today, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. His teammate at BYU, Carson Lundell, 12 over par, tied for 233rd.
2: Do you say amateur because it's golf? Do you say, like, do you say amateur? Correct outside of golf, yes. Oh, okay. Within
1: the golf community, it's amateur. weird, right? Like, I don't know why that is.
2: If someone actually is mature, they say mature. M- it feels mature. like that's a thats am yeah, like, yeah, well, Steve I say Cleveland mature because I'm not mature, it's very mature. Okay, the NCAA. I'm like, NCAA.
1: No, you asked everyone a great, has you their ask a great question. Tomato to golf community, it amateur, is, amateur, it feels like amateur, but. Maybe we should call it the Amateur Championship. This is not great content. I apologize. All rise and shout for the great content. It's time for What's Trending.
0: We're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The press
1: is wrong, Colin. Colin Cowherd, longtime national sports talk radio host and personality, said yesterday, doubling down on his critique of Zach Wilson, and I quote, Zach Wilson reminds me a little too much of Johnny Manziel. Small cocky, and comes from wealth. Okay, keep in mind, this happens after Mr. Cowherd said last fall about Zach Wilson, quote, he's a very clever player, got the height, got the arm, moves around a lot. If you watch him play, you look at him and you're like, that works somewhere. I've watched him play for a couple of years. And my takeaway is he does a lot of these clever things. He's got a little point guard in him. He looks like an NFL quarterback to me. End quote. Okay, Jerem, my first question, which we will get to, is what changed between last fall and yesterday to make Colin Coward flip-flop? That's a question for Colin. Right? The question for you is, in that critical critique, small, cocky, comes from wealth, reminds me a little bit too much of Johnny Menzel, is there any part about that? Where Colin Cowherd is right on Zach Wilson.
2: Yeah, it comes from wealth, that, but that doesn't. That's not. That's a fact. That's not an opinion.
1: Okay. Why is that considered a why does negative that thing?
2: Why does that matter? Do we think every successful quarterback came from poverty? I, like, what? Why does that matter? Did Tom Brady and have Peyton have a, Manning come from poverty? I'm pretty sure Peyton Manning came from wealth. Dad played in the NFL? Right. Like, yeah. But
1: Colin Coward argued yesterday, stop making the comparison of Zach Wilson to Peyton Manning in terms of, well... Who's making that comparison? Well, people were saying like, hey, Peyton Manning was successful, he came from wealth, so why is that a negative thing? Well, oh, it was 25 years ago, stop making that comparison.
2: Yeah, well, let's look at, let's look at what he said. So, small. Is he small? No, he's 6'3".
1: He's three inches taller than Johnny, Johnny Manziel.
2: He's the same weight, three inches taller.
1: He's, he's three inches taller okay. than Johnny Manziel, And again, last fall, he said, he's got the height. Those are calling Coward sports. Yeah. He's got the height.
2: He forgot. So full disclosure. I used to love Colin more than I love Colin. I think he's great. I think he's off base on some stuff now. I think he's clickbaity a little more than he used to. First takey, if you will. Okay. Um, I used to listen religiously. In fact, I used to listen as a teenager in Portland when he was a local guy in Portland. Yes. Okay? So my history with Colin goes way back. I like Colin. I think yes. he's very smart. I think he's really good at his job. Clearly I just he's think talented. He's, right. Yeah, listen, like most people, you're going to be off sometimes. He's off on this one. He's not small, okay? Cocky. Based on what the headband is—that what we're basing that information off of. And is when, that what it is? When does it become? How do we know this?
1: When does it become cocky and not just confidence?
2: Also, by the way, do you know who the cockiest quarterback in BYU history was? Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon. Um, I think he's the number one quarterback in BYU history. I don't care if a guy's cocky. I don't because if they deliver, it doesn't matter. To like, them. what's
1: the difference between swaggy and confident? and cocky, because I feel like cocky is a mixture of confidence and
2: if, swag. If you listen to Zach talk, that's not the vibe you get. No. You get, like, great teammate, hard worker. That's, like why, that, like that's, that's why I want vibe.
1: Colin Cowherd to have Zach Wilson on his show. Invite him on the show. Talk to him. Yeah. And then tell me that you still think, oh, It reminds me a little too much of Johnny Manziel. He's well, cocky.
2: Johnny, well, Johnny had off-the-field issues with... Partying, obviously.
1: Way deeper things. He had addictions for crying out loud.
2: Yes, and people have issues, and I don't want to make light of said issues, right? Of course Um, not. Johnny liked to party, liked to have a good time. Zach went to BYU, okay? It doesn't matter what level of Mormon you are or if you are Mormon at BYU. It doesn't matter. But this place is unique. This place is unique. And Zach, (laughs) Zach Wilson chugged water. While on screen at an Islanders game.
1: He was made fun of for that.
2: Zach Wilson could, if he wanted, drink beer right now, and it doesn't matter. He's not a BYU. It doesn't matter, right? It's not against an honor code that he doesn't need to live by if he doesn't want to right now. Um, yet, he chugged water. That's the difference with John Ansel right there. And then the wealth thing. Again, what does that have to do with anything? So what? I don't... Zach Wilson, if, he, if, if Zach Wilson was entitled, why would he sign up to go to a school that just went 4-9? and nine? Why would, why would he uh, not transfer after not getting the job? Why would – Zach, Zach Wilson is – we got to know Zach at a higher level after he left BYU than when he was at BYU because we got to talk to him every week.
1: And that's why I feel strongly about yeah. this. That's why I want yeah. to go on record and say, yeah. Colin, talk to him. Spend 30 minutes with him or even 10 minutes with Zach Wilson and tell me you don't feel differently about the comparison to – it uh, reminds me a little bit too much of Johnny Manziel.
2: The, those comparisons happened early in Zach's career, just because literally he would flush out of the pocket and make a throw on the run. Make a play, accurate. That's it. Like that's the comparison, and they're both white. I don't know. Like I don't know what else the comparison would be. Zach's not small. Sure, he's cocky based on the headband. Like I don't think he's actually cocky. I, I, I think what, when Zach came out of Corner Canyon, maybe the perception was that, but he was crazy hardworking. He, it's okay for Colin to make uh, whatever it takes he wants. He's a national host. He's not going to get deep. He's going to be surface level, and he's going to incite a reaction. That's his job. He did it. It's successful. We're talking about it right now.
1: Here's the reality. I feel like it is more about an issue that Colin Cowherd or a calculated move by Colin Cowherd to go after the New York Jets and the Jets fan base, because he knows they will engage, yeah, and no, he knows BYU's fan base will engage. We're yes, di- we're we are playing into that. We are right now. Here yeah. we are. Yeah. But when he says "small, cocky, and comes from wealth" with the negative connotation, and then makes the comparison to Johnny Manziel, my first reaction was, I cannot think of two more different people on the quarterback spectrum than Zach Wilson and Johnny Manziel from a personality and just life standing. Standpoint. So I responded, okay, Colin, except Zach is punctual, accountable, disciplined in his quarterback craft, driven, responsible, teachable, doesn't party, and handles criticism with class. Like, and I could have kept going. His work ethic is something that is special. And we've talked about this several occasions with all of Zach's coaches. We've heard it from Robert Sala, his new head coach. We've talked about it at length with Steve Young. Zach Wilson is a unique character. He is in the details, very in the moment of the details. He's a nerd when it comes to like football study. Johnny Manziel was not that guy. And again, those are deeper seated issues. We're talking about addictions and so- like that. That's tough to overcome. That's why I have a hard time with this comparison because Zach's coming from an entirely different backdrop. Yeah, and it's I'm not gu- close. I'm
2: guessing that. Colin's not talking about off the field, per se. He's just talking on the field with Johnny. Okay, well, again, even if if it
1: were on the field, he's three inches taller than Johnny Manziel, and in Colin Coward's mind and in his words, he said, "Oh, he's got the height and he's got the arm.
2: Yeah, and Johnny, Johnny was uh, Johnny was a more successful collegiate athlete than Zach. Like, he
1: won the Heisman. Would Colin Cowherd say this about Zach Wilson if the 49ers drafted Zach Wilson?
2: Probably not. No! I, and and t- full disclosure with Colin, too, he has I think he has a place in Park City. He at least visits regularly. He loves he Utah. He went to the 2019 USC and Washington games. Kay. He went to those games
1: and in person. Again, here. it's easy for us to go after him without Colin Cowherd here, but Colin did say, I'm rooting for Zach. It doesn't feel like that.
2: Well, he's but, again, he's a national talk show host. We shouldn't get too burn up over this because he's there to incite a reaction, and he did. He's and, success. And guess what? He's at Fox. He's not at ESPN. Like first take, yes, they're trying to do that. <laughs> Fox, they lean that way a little more in the incite. Okay,
1: this this is this thing. this is the Johnny Manziel that was invited to a Peyton Manning summer camp uh, that was. It featured all of the Mannings, and he didn't show up to the clinic for these high schoolers that had paid a bunch of money to come and work with the Mannings. Like, he just didn't show up, and this was not, that was like not like a one-off. He just he, There were issues there. So Zach is where he needs to be, when he needs to be, doing what he needs to be doing, as, just, far, as, as far as football goes.
2: I just wish that was in San Francisco. <laughs>
1: okay? And I think that, that's what this is about. If Zach Wilson got drafted by the 49ers, we would not be having this conversation. Not even for a second.
2: Yeah. To me, this conversation isn't necessarily even about Zach Wilson. It's about it's the about, Jets. It's about Colin Coward and what a national TV and radio host does. Okay. <laughs> so, and-, and in our super biased opinion, of course, we love Zach.
1: <laughs> yeah, a few do. people were like, "Yeah, a oh, classic BYU guy coming to defense of his BYU quarterback." Uh, yeah. What, what
2: are we gonna throw our guy yeah. under the bus? Why would we do that?
1: We talked to him every week after the season, leading yep. up to the draft. That and was then fun. That was fun. Every week for like a month after the draft. So yeah, we were very close with Zach Wilson, and I just I'm not okay with the with that comparison.
2: You feel like it's a character defamation? Yes. Of Although it's not technically that, right? Yes. Again, national host. He's getting a reaction. We're playing into that. It's all good. It's all good.
1: Hey, Colin said, he looks like an NFL quarterback to me. He is an NFL quarterback for the Jets. Absolutely. Number two overall pick, an historical pick out of BYU football.
2: One could argue sometimes that the Jets quarterback isn't an NFL quarterback, but in this case he is.
1: (laughs) Hey, you tell us. You can sound off on that as well. Hashtag BYUSN. Do you think Colin Cowherd is right? Also, let's bring the joy back into this. Where
2: Colin was right, where Colin
1: was wrong. (laughs) Send us your Jamal Williams uh, replicated yearbook photos. We want to see more of these. Love it. Hashtag BYUSN.
2: Coming up, a new jersey mock-up worse than BYU's late 90s bibs. Believe
1: it. Is this a real thing? We'll dive into that. Plus, Mitch Matthews brings his elite swag back to BYU Sports Nation. Who's the Hail Mary pass catcher at BYU in 2021? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday night, watch the 15th-ranked BYU women's soccer team host
2: Weber State in an exhibition match. Get ready for the season, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the S.
1: We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. He was recently featured on an episode of the Deep Blue Podcast and joins us now on BYUSN, my friend, the elite, Mitch Matthews. There it is. Hey, baby! There doing, it boys? is. How we doing? Hey, we're good, man. <laughs> How we doing? It, it's been a minute. Uh, what's going on? Fatherhood is now well advanced. You're still running your business, uh, staying involved uh, right. in the analysis of football. How's life?
3: Life is great. Yeah, baby's uh, nine months old now, or just about to be nine months old. Like I said before, that her last shout out on uh, on uh, on this station was uh, when I was an analyst at my last game, and she was about a week old. So. She's great. Nine months old now. Business is great. Family is great. My wife actually has a uh, alumni soccer game. It's alumni versus the current players tonight, and uh, I'll be going to that. So you'll see me around on campus if you're around.
1: Okay. Nice. Now, when is the alumni BYU football game, Mitch? That you certainly would compete in.
3: Hey, if, you know what? Let's let let's let this be the genesis of that idea coming to life. So let's start this now. Let's get this thing going because I'm ready. Well, I'm trained that I'm ready.
2: It, well, yeah, you still train.
3: And not everyone else does. Uh, flag
2: football. Isn't there a flag football game with the LMs every year or something?
3: There, there was going to be this year. I don't think there has been every year. Mm. Uh, but there was going to be one this, uh, like, about six months ago. But COVID had to cancel it. So, hopefully, yeah. they, they try to get him to do it again. But there were some good names in there.
1: Okay, so while you train for that, now we all sit back and watch BYU football get ready for the 2021 season with offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick coming off a remarkable year with Zach Wilson and company. Obviously, Zach Wilson has graduated and moved on, but the wide receiver core, we feel, is one of the deeper, if not the deepest position groups on the team. So my question for you, Mitch, is which skill position group are you depending on the most at this point? Is it the pass catchers or with a new quarterback? Are you leaning heavily on the running
3: backs? You know, you're you're asking someone who's going to be very biased towards one specific group and that would be receivers. However, though, uh, as deep as the receiver group is, there is so much talk and so much probably anxiety in the receiver room on who's going to start, who's going to get the ball more, who are these who are these two new brothers, who are these new guys, these young guys. And so the most consistent groups that we have, the guys that are returning and have had fantastic years, are the tight ends and are the running backs. So I'm, I'm actually not saying the receivers are necessarily the go-to group. However, can they become that after game two or three or four? Absolutely. I think they're the deepest – receiver group that BYU has seen in the last 20 years. And before 20 years, I I wasn't even, I didn't have a, I don't even know BYU before then. So I'm just saying in my lifetime, they're the deepest that I've seen. Um, But the running backs are super stout and they have a lot of talent there. But my favorite group right now to to watch for is probably the tight ends because they come off a fantastic year with, with Isaac Rex last year. Wish we would have had more Matt Bushman, but with Dallin Holker coming back off his mission, I've actually trained with him at our gym here a couple of times, and he looks unbelievable. He looks NFL-ready. He's big. He's fast. He's strong. So I'm really excited to see how those guys do, and they all have great experience just like the running backs, and I can't wait to see the receivers emerge and and, and show off their depth.
2: It's pretty awesome because a lot of guys returned, obviously, right? Um, A lot of guys left for the NFL, notably Dax Milne, but because of COVID – You get a lot of dudes that are here and on BYU's roster right now, there's three seniors listed because last year essentially was a free year for everybody. So that's gnarly. Okay. Let's talk about the receivers. What do you think of this group? And you mentioned super deep. Who do you like? What do you like about them?
3: I mean, I think Gunnar Romney is, is super, super consistent. He's very athletic too. Uh, I, I really like him. I like how he plays. And uh, but Neil Powell, I've seen I've seen a bunch of him too. He has probably the most upside out of all the receivers. Mm. I think he's got to string a little bit of it together. I think he's got to be more consistent. I think he's got to play. A little bit more like a senior, like someone who wants to go play in the NFL. But that guy has a lot of upside, and I'm really, really excited to watch watch him, Neil Powell and Gunnar Romney lead this team. But then these two these two new guys, these brothers, I'm very biased towards them as well because I play with Kinda their older brother, and I know that that bloodline is strong and is athletic as ever. So this this group is very deep, very talented, and very strong, and there's probably a lot of healthy anxiety in that receiver room everyone looking around who's playing better than the other and they're probably all raising their level of play because of all the talent in that one room
2: yeah it's super exciting um regarding gunnar romney after a game last year spencer in all his wisdom called him the best receiver between the twos in the country (laughs) because he's having a hard time just getting into the end zone right there right he's making these crazy (laughs) catches he's landing like at the two or the one including in practice the other day as a guy who's fifth in BYU history in receiving touchdowns, what advice would you give to Gunnar Romney about getting in the end zone?
3: Long arms, just like me. Big hands, <laughs> long arms. You that reach. If you're at the two-yard two line, Matt, you just got to lean in and reach. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, I think that's one of those things that's going to haunt him. There's no such thing as like a two-yard line or one-yard line ability that someone has to get in the end zone. I think he's got plenty plenty of a nose for for the end zone. I think... Those things, though, uh, landing at the two yard line, the one yard line are, are so not fun to be right there that I think this year he'll he'll make certain that these things can't be said about him again. Right. He's going to make sure he's in the end zone and that, uh, you know, Katoa and that Algier, uh, they, they don't get that one yard touchdown and take all the credit for his work. So I'm, I, I, I'm guessing right now and I know right now he's thinking these things and saying, forget this, I'm going to have five or six more touchdowns by just leaning in and, and uh, sticking the end zone. Former BYU standout wide
1: receiver Mitch Matthews with us on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned that Neil Pau has the most upside. I'd like to explore that a little bit more in detail. Why do you feel like Neil Pau is the guy that has the most room to grow and to take over as that leader?
3: You know, I wish I knew him more on a personal level. Uh, I played with his older brother, Butch. um, But they're a very, very athletic family. He, He has a lot of plays that... As a as a former player, he has this pop and this X factor about him that just makes you go bug out and shake your head. Like, how did that just happen? How did he just do that? How did a guy as big as him make that move? And is that is that shifty? And it just it draws you in to say, what else can this guy do? And so I think he's that X factor for BYU. But he's shown some inconsistencies. And maybe it's because he's played behind uh, Dax Millen and, 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 uh, and Gunnar Romney. And he hasn't been like that consistent starter. I think if he's put as that consistent starter with Dax being gone, it'll force him to level up, play smart and play consistent. And he has that factor about him that as a former player you watched, you say, "Okay, this guy's got that it factor." It's hard to explain, but he's got that it factor about him and I can't wait to see him put it all together and if he does, he could be really, really special. I really believe that.
2: I was told at practice two days ago by someone who matters, he is playing the best of all the receivers right now. So that, that plays oh, into kind of you're what, you, what you're saying right there. Okay, re- regarding a bunch of receivers who want the ball, receivers at times can be needy, right? How do you keep all these what guys happy, Mitch?
3: <laughs> the honest truth is uh, you can't. I mean, even I was with Cody Hoffman two days ago. We were playing some golf. And even him was like, "Man, I wish I, I wish this year I would have got the ball more." I'm like, "Man, you had a 100 catch season. What are you talking about?" <laughs> right? And, and same, same thing for me. Like I had a, I had a 73 uh, catch season, and, and, uh, and even, even I'm like, "Man, I wish, I wish I would have been here and this here, and then this would have happened here." And you talk to any receiver, they're going to say the exact same thing. So every receiver wants the ball more, but that's a very good thing as long as. There's great camaraderie in the receiver room. It's okay to want the ball more because you're competitive. You want to put the team on your back at times. You want that that game-winning Hail Mary type situation to be on you. You want that third and long situation to be on your shoulders. And I think that shows confidence. So it's okay if every receiver has that. But what has to happen is is they're going to have to quickly find out who their most consistent receivers are. Because even if someone has a lot more upside, that doesn't mean you're a starter. That doesn't mean you're the go-to receiver. It doesn't even mean you're the, the number one receiver just because you have more upside and have all these X factors and you're the it guy or even if you performed well in camp. It's all about who's doing the best starting game one. So the consistent receivers after fall camp is over, those will be the starters because all four of those, five of those top guys, they have enough talent to play at this level and potentially even the next level. It's all about who's the most consistent and who the who makes the quarterback feel most comfortable. Cause I guarantee you the offensive coordinator is going to whoever is going to start at QB and says, which receivers make you feel most comfortable. Those receivers are going to be the ones that are most likely to start. I promise you.
1: I'm so excited to ask you this next question because you speak from a well of memorable experience in Lincoln, Nebraska, specifically, who is the wide receiver at BYU in 2021 that should be on the end of a Hail Mary attempt if and when that needs to happen?
3: Oh, that is tough. Um, I'm going to have to give that one because I, I, I know him and I've seen him the most. He's extremely consistent. I have to give that one to – well, is, there, is the receivers alone or is this all, all position groups? Anybody. Let's any, say anybody. Any
1: pass catcher. Oh, I'm, I'm, going,
3: I'm going Isaac Rex on that one. I'm going Isaac Rex on yep. that one. And I, I'd say a close second would be Gunnar Romney if I had to go with the receiver group. But I would say those two, great playmakers, sure hands. But Isaac Rex has an absolute nose for the end zone. And he catches everything in there. So I would have to go with him.
2: 12 TDs last
3: year. I mean, that's uh, tied
2: for fifth Incredible. in U.A. history. That was that was amazing. Okay, at quarterback, obviously that's a big storyline. It sounds like it's going to be a couple weeks before they name one. Kalani Stockey came on the show two weeks ago and basically said, or last week, and said, when we name it, we'll tell everybody. Well, the fans need to know too. So, who do you think is going to be the guy at quarterback against Arizona?
3: Uh it's it's a tough one. I mean, because both of them have had have had enough tape and have had enough games to show that they're worthy of playing. Right? Both of them have started games. Both of them have won big games. Both of them have, have played big. I think that I think the guy that's going to give the most comfort to the coaches is the dual threat, Jaron Hall. I, I just, off the bat, I just think that is, even where football is moving as a whole, like the trend of football, a dual threat quarterback is becoming more popular again, right? And so I think to give the most comfort to the coaches they're going to go with the guy that can get things done uh, with his arm and with his legs so I, i'm on i'm on the mr hall train that's not necessarily who i'm voting for i mean hoping he's a great guy i, I, lo- I love him um, but i think his ability to as a dual threat gives the coaches the most comfort to start off the season now if he doesn't perform really well the first three games i think it'll be a quick a quick quick rip course to be honestly because the backup the second in Command Romney, I think he can come in and has shown enough to be a starter as well. So it's it's actually a good position to be in as, as a, for the coaches at BYU because they have two great quarterback options, um, two experienced guys. But I think the guy that gives them the most comfort and the most um, confidence is the guy that can get it done with his legs and his arm.
1: Mitch Matthews on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Mitch. While we have uh, quarterbacks on the mind, I I can't remember if you specifically ever went through a quarterback battle while you were at BYU in camp because I feel like Taysom Hill was the guy for the majority Mm -hmm. of the time. So in your freshman year, if there was a quarterback battle or some instance of it, what does that do for a team? Does it help? Does it hurt? How does it impact them in camp?
3: Uh, I don't think it helps, honestly. I don't think it helps because everyone wants to know. Even the players want to know, and they might have an idea of who is going to be, but if they're not for sure, then you really aren't building around this person early enough. You don't want it to be a 50-50 battle, uh, you know, coming to the first game of the year. You want the starter to be there from spring ball and the summer workouts. And you want him to be the captain and leading the team for a long, long time and have that experience. So I don't necessarily know if it's healthy. It's probably healthier for other position groups to see who's gonna emerge. But it's, it's, in my opinion, having a position group battle at quarterback this late and not even knowing until a few weeks before the first game, I don't think is a plus or a perk. And you're right. Taysom Hill was always a starting quarterback with me when I was there. But I always had a switcheroo. (laughs) You know, I had Riley to James Lark. I I had Taysom to Christian Stewart and then Taysom to uh, Tanner Mangum. So I had I think five different QBs in, in my career. So I'm, I'm, I know what uh, inconsistently, inconsistency in terms of who's going to be the quarterback. I've had that before. Uh, I had all great quarterbacks, um, but having a, a, a fall camp battle of QB, I never experienced, but I, I know that they would rather have a lock-in starter nine months before then so they can build around that person, change the offense around what style of quarterback that person is. So it, it's it's not a bad thing, but I definitely can't say it's a good thing. Mitch,
1: What a great opportunity for us to catch up with you. It's been too long, so let's not wait nine months again.
3: Right, exactly, exactly.
1: All right, my friend, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for life in general. Take care of that beautiful daughter and wife that you have, and we'll talk to you again soon. I will, guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Mitch Matthews on BYU Sports Nation. Love Mitch,
2: dude. He's great. 503 guy, man. And if you haven't, uh, you mentioned the uh, Deep Blue podcast. Go check it out. We explore the Hail Mary way more, like all the details around that. That play.
1: Details I didn't know. He is a fascinating individual. Yeah. He has read so many books. He loves knowledge and the, the knowledge is power notion. Yeah. Uh, he's gone through some significant adversity in his family life. Oh, yeah. We mom. talked
2: about, like, like, there was a couple weeks where he, his mom dies. He gets cut, uh, you know, from the NFL. And, and he gets married. Crazy, right? I mean, crazy, wild. Yeah. And he was very good at BYU.
1: Started his own business. He's an entrepreneur star. He
2: slipped by that too fast. Right? He was very good. BYU. Whatever. (laughs) Coming up, uh, an elite person. He's an elite human. He's an elite human being, exactly. Way better than me. Uh, Coming up, 10 and 10, looks at receivers and tight ends of the opponent.
1: Plus, we have a contender for maybe the worst jersey ever. Something that's worse than the bits. Oh, yeah, it is. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU TV is sending two
2: Cougar football fans, not named Colin Cowherd, to the season opener against Arizona and Las Vegas. One grand prize winner gets a trip for two, including flight, transportation, and lodging, plus tickets to the game. Five second place winners will receive a BYU football fan pack and a Roku. Follow BYU TV Sports on social media for details. Winners will be selected, and random entry does not guarantee a prize. The winners will be announced on BYU Sports Nation August 20th. Today's word is Lavelle. For those who don't know how to spell Lavelle, L-A-V-E-L-L.
1: Capital V, for
2: those who don't know. That's right. Capital V. It's very very unique.
1: Uh, By the way, how many days until that game? Countdown to the Wildcats. 24 days. Three and a half weeks, bro. It
2: is like sneaking but, up on us. By the way, uh, FanFest, Craig Ranch Regional Park in Vegas, Friday night, September 3rd, two hours there. We'll be live on the air for an hour of that. We're going to be hanging out. We we'll, Can't wait.
1: Jerem's going to sign autographs. He might even let you pluck one of his hairs for a souvenir. For hair analysis? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was looking into that last night. <laughs> shaylee
2: Gonzalez posted she did that. Now, she knows what food she needs to consume. That's pretty intense. And not consumed. I was like, what? That? Wow. Okay. Diagetic or something? Maybe we need to
1: have Shaylee on the show to talk about hair analysis and a little bit of basketball. Maybe.
2: (laughs) She's on every day. She's awesome.
1: In the meantime, let's whip it. The Cougar Whip round, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. These
2: Nebraska uniforms took over college football Twitter last night. Turns out they aren't real, but still there's something. Are they better or worse oh. than the BYU bibs? Okay, here's Nebraska's red overalls, okay? <laughs> and then there's Texas A&M. These are fake too. <laughs> that are like a denim. <laughs> the one strap. <laughs> Those are so bad. Okay, and then there's the bibs, which actually happened in and like Nike sanctioned this. Oh. Okay, here's the juxtaposition. Um, would that Nebraska uniform be worse than the bibs?
1: Yes. <laughs> when I saw the Nebraska fake uniforms, <laughs> I threw up a little bit in my mouth.
2: Oh, it you was, were you were doing like, uh, like Jim Carrey and yes, Dumb and Dumber?
1: Yes. <laughs> it it was a strong negative reaction. Those are so <laughs> ugly.
2: And I hate this because Margin Hooks is awesome and has swag, but Margin Hooks and Rob Morris and those guys had to play in the stupid bibs, man.
1: The overall look on a football <laughs> uniform should be banned from even being made into a fake uniform. Okay, that so is bad, so ugly, it's so bad. The Texas A&M one is funny because like, it's denim. Because it's denim and it's it has even one, got like the metal it has hook like, look. One strap, like yep. that one is hilarious. Like I, that one evoked a laugh for me. The Nebraska one, yeah, it, yeah. it gave me the. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so bad. I think anything could get worse than the BYU bids.
2: No, that's, that's pretty bad.
1: Holy cow. No
2: offense to Farmer.
1: Alright, Jerem, my guy, Dax Milne, he's got a rookie card. Th- are you going to buy this one too? I think I might. Do it. The Dax Milne rookie card is up for auction on eBay today. Starting bid just 99 cents. Oh. How much thanks, would you thanks. drop for a Dax Milne rookie card?
2: Oh, a, a bushel full. Uh, Yeah, Dax is the man, dude. Autographed Dax Milne rookie card? Heck yeah.
1: I, yes, because we will get it autographed. Just There's like no, we'll get the Zach Wilson card yeah. that's on the desk autographed at some point.
2: There's no bids on this 99-cent card yet. I feel I'm like going to bid have, right now. Yeah,
1: do it. I'm we've, literally, during the break, I'm going to bid on eBay on the Dax Mellon rookie card.
2: And I'm going to outbid you by at least a dollar.
1: <laughs> Come on. Uh, for a card like this, well, I think I spent...
2: How cheap are you? I, I think I spent... Claire.
1: Eight bucks on the Zach Wilson rookie card. So I'd, I'd absolutely go. I, I actually go a little bit more than. I go ten bucks on a Dax Million rookie card. You'd spend more on a Dax Million rookie card than a Zach Wilson rookie. Dax wow. is my guy. Dax is my guy. And he's guy. no one else's guy. The most underappreciated receiver. He's totally appreciated. BYU now. history. In until, BYU history, until last year. Oh, okay. Okay. Then, wow. then everybody got on the Dax bandwagon. They should have. He's I was telling you yards. when he was a sophomore. Buoy football, t- okay.
2: football posted a, you uh, know, I'm good. I'm good. football posted a tweet yesterday as an appreciation post of punter Ryan Rico and a long snapper. It was either Britton Hogan or Austin
1: Riggs. Great hard to, photo,
2: hard to tell. So this got us thinking: what team on campus is the most underappreciated?
1: Oh, this is easy for me because they win the conference championship basically every year that they've been in existence.
2: That could be a bunch of teams and go to Which the team?
1: NCAA tournament basically every it's women's softball yeah. like the expectation is just for them to show up win conference and go to the ncaa term like if they Heck don't yet. do that it's like
2: what happened well they have yet we've yet to actually make that declaration because the they always Mine. make turn
1: they always make turn they always win the conference championship mine's women's
2: hoops people don't i don't think understand and appreciate this team not only how good they are but the personalities and skills around it The BYU women's basketball team is fantastic. They're so good. They're so fun to watch. They have amazing people. They have a lot of skill. I'm feeling BYU can make a run. BYU lost to Arizona in the second round this year. Arizona Arizona went went all the way to the national title. AKA, like, BYU to UCLA, and then they went to the Final Four. So BYU is like... They, they're like Sweet 16-ish good to me. Like they could do that. Yes. I expect to win in the NCAA tournament. Honestly, with the men, we're trying to get to that point where we expect to win. Right now, it's like get to the tourney. For the women, it's they go and they win again. So here's
1: the thing. In the women's basketball tournament, if you're a top 16 team, Jerem, you can host up through the Sweet 16.
2: And I'm not sure BYU is going to be quite that good to host. But what I'm saying is when they get in the tourney, they're dangerous.
1: See, I feel like they are a top 25 team. Both years that Shaley Gonzalez has played a full season, they have gone to the tournament, they have won a tournament game, and they have pushed the number two seed or the higher seed to the brink in that second game. So At the end
2: of the season, being top 16 would be legit. That would be awesome. That would be
1: legit. Okay, love this. On to the next one, back to football. Big game boomer question of the day. The top 20 most hostile in-state rivalries, Jerem. Okay,
2: in state. In that state changes things. Okay, not so Texas, not Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. Um, not Georgia, not Florida, Utah, Colorado. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, BYU Utah is number five on the list of most hostile in-state rivalries. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. BYU Utah State number twenty. Okay. Okay, so The Utes and Cougars at five, or the Cougars and Aggies at number twenty. Which is more shocking?
2: Uh, Utah State, because I expect BYU and Utah to be, uh, you know, up there. And I agree. It's like the Egg Bowl, the Iron Bowl, Texas, Texas a and they don't even play anymore, Clemson, South Carolina, and then BYU-Utah. Okay. So I, I agree with that. I think it's top five. Utah State surprised me a little bit. This is probably just a product of the in-state technicality.
1: Is this all based on just negative social media interactions? <laughs> I don't know what big game boomer
2: bases anything off of.
1: Who knows? BYU Utah is just behind Clemson and South Carolina. Like that's pretty good. The, I would above, argue it's better than that one. Above actually. Iowa yeah. and Iowa State. Yeah, bit,
2: we're talking. We're talking uh, hostile. I would is say BYU Utah might be number one in the country. Uh, more than Alabama. Auburn. No, no, no. Ole,
1: see the Egg Bowl is number one. Ole Miss Mississippi State. That that one's pretty obvious.
2: Yeah. Yeah, AM tried to prevent Texas from going this. That's only gonna add a, to that one. Yeah, a little hostility. <laughs> a little there. more hostility. Okay, coming up, 10 and 10 features the top receivers and tight ends the Cougars will face this fall.
1: Uh where does our guy that we said is one of our favorite Utes, Britton Covey. Old man Britton Covey. Where does he land on the list of the top 10 receivers BYU will face? This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Britton would be a sophomore at BYU. Right?
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: After further review, episode two is on demand. The players who stole the spotlight in 2020 who returned this season. Watch it on the BYU TV app and rebroadcast Saturdays at 7 a.m. Eastern Time.
1: Let's keep it rolling. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. I'd just like to point out that I placed my bid for the Dax Milne rookie card on nice. eBay. I am the first and only bidder thus far.
2: Well, just wait. For Good me. luck, everyone. Just wait for me. I
1: can't wait to get this autographed edition.
2: I really want someone Dax to text Mone you something super weird right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn, we missed it. All right. We move on. Uh, and it's only fitting we're talking about Dax Moon. What's that? What did you bid? Well, I bid like a dollar.
2: You bid a dollar?
1: Yes. Until okay. somebody like pushes okay. it up. Let's let's go, right?
2: Well, well, I'm always, like searching, for, I'm always searching for a bargain. So, yeah. It's like, looks like we know what to start at now. <laughs> we start the bidding at <laughs> $1.
1: Okay, on Wednesday, with wide receivers on mind, we lead up to kickoff for the football season. That That's uh, meant one thing for the last few years. That's 10 and 10 from Jerem Jordan, uh, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Jerem, today you will reveal the top 10 receivers BYU's defense will face.
0: 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem, 10 and 10.
1: Let's go, homies. Number 10, R.J. Sneed,
2: Baylor. 39 grabs for 497 yards, three touchdowns in nine games last year. Second team all Big 12, good weapon for Jeff Grimes. Six foot one, two or three.
1: Baylor's receivers just by nature kind of scare me.
2: They typically are pretty good. Yes. Yeah.
1: Super athletic, a lot of speed on the outside.
2: Number nine, C.T. Thomas, Boise State, 5'8", 175. Listen to these career numbers. 100, 117 catches, 1525 yards, 10 touchdowns in four seasons. 17 a catch last year Four 100-yard games. He had two catches for 101 yards, and both were TDs last year at Air Force.
1: Big-time player. Unfortunately, he's got a plan in Pro Bowl this year, and that has not boded well for Boise State.
2: I heard he's short, cocky, and comes from well.
1: That's not, <laughs>
2: not actually true. Travel Harris, number eight, Washington State. Fifth-year senior from Tampa, 5'9", 185. Career numbers, 103. Uh, 11.85 yards, eight touchdowns in three seasons. In 2020, it was seventh in catches and yards in the Pac-12. He also has a kickoff return touchdown.
1: Normally this type of receiver would freak me out, but I, and maybe this is erroneous, have a lot of confidence in BYU's speed on the outside and the ability to defend the pass in man-to-man coverage.
2: You're gonna see more man this year. Number seven, Tyquan Thornton, Baylor. In three years, 81 catches, 1,294 yards, 16 yards a catch, nine touchdowns. In 2019, seventh in yards, third in yards per catch in the Big 12, 6318.
1: See that's what I'm saying. You got two from Baylor in the top ten. Yep. That's scary.
2: Number six, brother, elder, Britton Covey, Utah. In four years, Covey has 132 catches, nearly 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. Also, 5.7 yards for carry as a rusher and a dangerous punt returner, as well with two touchdowns.
1: Isn't he a player coach at this point?
2: I think he's a GA um, who's playing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number five, Theo Howard, Utah. Three years at UCLA, your favorite school spent. Then last year at Oklahoma, now Utah. Not a bad uh, LinkedIn there. Caught a pass in 28 straight games for the Bruins. 132 catches, 1,522 yards, nine touchdowns in his career, Six foot 170. I don't think people are talking enough about this guy. He's pretty good.
1: Yeah, he's good, but he played at UCLA, so next.
2: <laughs> so he's not good. Number four, Renard Bell, Washington State, 147 grabs, 1656 yards, 16 touchdowns in four years on the Palouse. Last season, he was top 10 in catches, yards, touchdowns in the Pac-12, five career 100-yard games.
1: Whoa. That is quite the resume. And Washington State has a couple of guys in the top ten as well.
2: They're going to have a lot of passing yards, obviously, a little more than most. But these Maybe I should
1: be... worry about them as much as I worry about Baylor's receivers. Well,
2: they got to have a quarterback who can play.
1: Yeah, well, touche.
2: Number three, Khalil Shakir, Boise State. Love his name. 52 catches last season in seven games. That's a ton. 131, 1,761 yards, 13 career touchdowns. Four rushing touchdowns, too. Six-foot-190. Had 10 catches, 139 yards, two touchdowns, in the blowout loss to BYU last season. Remember, he kept scoring after BYU was up there.
1: Yes. He's an NFL receiver, no doubt. We talked to the Boise State Insider, and he said, without hesitation, Kalusha here is is the best player on Boise State's you know. team.
2: Number two, Brent Keithy, Utah. One of the best tight ends in the country. Maybe the best. 79 yards. Uh, excuse me. 79 grabs. 1,065 yards. Seven touchdowns in his career. Nearly 18 yards of catch in 2019. Six of his seven TDs came that year. Also three rushing TDs as Whoa. a tight end. He's so fast, they give him jet sweeps. Undersized, he's 6'2", 230, but he's like a receiver who splits out, honestly. Two-time All-Pac-12 selection. Led the Utes in receptions last two years. Only tight end on this list. His game is fantastic. He's
1: okay. he's a matchup problem. So you're telling me that Utah might actually throw the ball this year if it's to Brant Keithy.
2: Well, uh, you know... In 2019, they threw a lot. Tyler Huntley was like 70%.
1: But they don't have Tyler Huntley this year. Yeah. Is Charlie Brewer going to be the yeah. guy? And is he exactly. going to target Bran Keithy?
2: Uh, yes, on both of those. And the top receiver BYU will play this year, or tight end, Drake London, USC. 6'5, was playing basketball too, but he's all football now. Didn't play against BYU in that game of Connecticut, by the way. 15 yards for catch last season to lead the team, along with 502 yards in six games. Career number, 72 catches, 1,069 yards, eight touchdowns for the junior. Top 10 in the four relevant categories last season in the Pac-12. NFL receiver in the future.
1: Yes. Just because BYU beat a USC team with two NFL receivers on the roster in 2019, I'm kind of like...
2: It might have been three, dude. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and... Michael... Uh... Pittman Jr. Pittman Jr., yes. And then they had one other. I'm pretty sure they had, had another. Yeah, was on that team. Yeah, and Drake technically was on that team, Okay,
1: too. so four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, might be more. Maybe it's Brandon. because
1: USC is clearly going to be favored to win this game. I can't wait to watch BYU play against London and USC.
2: London, the receiver, not the same. Yes. Coming up, who among you will be granted the elite voice of the day?
1: And a rise shout-out to clothing. Why not? This is
0: BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU
1: Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. The bids for Dax Milne's rookie card are flying
2: up. You did a dollar. Because he's your guy, and now it's up Started to the it's up to you. Got to go to you. Got to go to uh, eleven.
1: Wow. Yeah. Ten bids already. It's up to ten fifty.
2: Yes. Should I bid at ten fifty for brother debt? Yes. I got you, Dax. Got you, bro. I'm going, I'm going a number. I'm not. Oh, I gotta go higher. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying a new house. I can't afford this.
1: While Jerem does that, I remind you our question of the day. More of a challenge It's up day, to 12 now. Was to send us your best version of you doing the Jamal Williams yearbook photo face for the Detroit Lions. Our elite face of the day. <laughs> presented by Sundance Mountain Resort.
2: I'm the highest bidder.
1: Okay, at what?
2: I'm not going to say it. I don't <laughs> want to be out of bed.
1: <laughs> Our elite face of the day. Can we show this to the TV audience and try and explain it to the radio? Hey, it's from at Ames Flames. Amy Jones. Little Dax is nice. his name. Nice, nailed the Jamal face. I love it. There's the side by side with Dax. That's great. That's great.
2: I am the highest bidder at the moment. <laughs> I'll tell you because it will be outbid. Twelve bucks. Twelve dollars. Yeah, yeah. So we shot up twelve hundred percent. Uh huh. And
1: I think there are still like six days left in that auction too. Oh, dang it! So it's, it's got a ways to that's, go. That's all right. <laughs> Today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars.
2: Okay, Seneca Knight for pushing uh, a golf cart. So Seneca Knight tweets, we just had to push the golf cart up the hill because Brad Kitchen wanted to let it die, who's a GA on the staff. Brad said, may or may not have been a way to find extra conditioning. Mm -hmm. They're trying to come up the hill by the uh, Hinkley alumni. Oh, yeah. And it died.
1: (laughs) Welcome to BYU, Seneca. (laughs) Hey, uh, why not give it to overalls as well on football uniforms?
2: Yes. Our there's, thanks to today's fun guest,
1: fun there. Mitch Matthews. Sorry Dennis Pitt ran out of time. You would
2: look good in overalls. <laughs> Karim,
1: I'm Spencer. Shout out to Mike Salido. <laughs> we'll see you on VIA Sports Nation next time. Go Cougs.
2: Don't outbid me.